0: on everybody welcome back to this edition of the bleacher talk (laughs) podcast (laughs) thank you guys so much for being a part of our little deal here um we got a pretty good episode we kind of go back to college football and uh, talk about this past week what's coming up this week uh heisman uh dylan and i make an interesting bet that I believe I will win. Okay. Like I do all of our other bets. Sort of. Yeah. Marshall Oaks. Gold State. So, so, this is a a pretty good episode. We thank you guys so much for being a part of it with us. Uh, Be sure to uh, subscribe. We hope that you will comment and if it's a good comment, um, we hope that you guys will share it with your friends, family, whoever um and if you want to reach out to us uh, we're on all the social media platforms uh at bleacher talk podcast uh you can also uh, send us an email if you have us a topic that you want us to discuss or a question or anything like that um at bleacher talk podcast at gmail.com uh so we hope to hear from you guys uh thank you so much for joining us hope you enjoy this episode here we go Um, I honestly think that this past weekend was probably that lull that we've been looking for in games. The, uh, I mean, it just kind of shows you that the the game of the week was Clemson and Syracuse Saturday night, clearly a nail-biter.
1: Game of the week was, uh, Florida, Kentucky.
0: It ended up being game of the week, because that that was the best game of the weekend. Yep. Kentucky absolutely should have won that game, had the game in hand. I mean, they were up 21-10 when Felipe Franks went down, right? Yep. And then when he went down, it's like, oh, it's over. Like, that's it. And the uh, Albino quarterback came in. Tresk. And uh, lit it up.
1: Is he a freshman? Please pause for that's station. a good question please pause for station identification <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome to Learfeld sports you know I think that um Kentucky's got a le- like a legitimate chance of being one of the better teams in the East I know they I know Ford ended up beating them but
2: who else is there
0: Georgia that's it
2: yeah Georgia Florida Kentucky
0: so I feel like if Kentucky can Kind of run the table, they'll they'll get beat by Georgia, but if they can run the table, I think Florida will screw it up for themselves, and it they'll, could they'll it could come down to, well, I mean, as far as the East is concerned, oh, if you're looking at simply just the East, then it could come down to Kentucky
1: and Georgia. Uh, Trask is a redshirt junior; he's been there since 2016. So he's been he was been he was there before um Dan Mullen.
2: Yeah. Even though uh Kentucky lost or even though Kentucky should have won, I I still don't think they're better than Florida.
1: No. Talented, I, no. Talent wise, no. Better
2: team. Yeah. Uh.
1: I mean, if Stoops, they, Stoops has put together some pretty solid teams these last few years. Well, something. and I, I
0: feel like if they had Benny Snell, they would be even better. I mean, obviously, he was their playmaker. But even without him, and then they lost their starting quarterback. Was that the guy that went down?
1: Yeah, Terry
0: Wilson. Terry Wilson. Yeah. And so even without him, I mean, they played pretty good.
1: Well, a lot of people feel like this quarterback that's there, this play now might be better just because he can throw the ball.
0: Yeah. But it was in Kentucky, so obviously home field advantage does play – home field advantage is a huge factor in college football, just period. It doesn't matter who's playing. I mean, clearly the two Auburn wins in 2017 when they beat Georgia and Alabama back-to-back, two number one schools – I think that's maybe the first time in college history that a team has beat two number ones back-to-back. But they were both at Auburn. So, I mean, that home field advantage is, is a massive, massive didn't, thing in college didn't football.
2: Didn't we beat, like, New Mexico State in between that? I'm pretty well, sure. Yeah, they, it yeah was, I mean, then. they
0: always have one of those down games
2: well, I, before I the know, Iron Bowl. I know they usually do, but I, I couldn't think if we had a bye or – Or something in between. I couldn't remember. I can't remember. There's always one week
1: in between.
0: It may have been a bye week. Because I I remember them making a big deal about the first time any team has ever beat two number ones back to back. So, and maybe that was just the two current number one teams. Because as soon as Auburn beat Georgia, Bama jumped up to number one. And they were number one for the next two weeks. So, maybe that's what they mean. I can't even remember. I'd have to look back. But, yeah, Kentucky – Kentucky should have won that game. They had the the chance. What was it? A thirty five yard field goal to win the game. Yep. Or well, it. to go ahead, and he pushed it right. And the and the commentator, he even said it during the game that he tried to guide the ball instead of just. He did like a short, like two step drop, and instead of you know just doing a normal kick, he tried to guide it in. Yep. And he just he pushed it. It was a good hold. Everything was good about it, but he just pushed the ball.
2: Well, I'm I'm glad Florida won that game because that will make us look better when we beat them here in a few weeks. Well, it will help. Yeah. It certainly helps. I
1: yeah, want everybody. That's going to go away
2: as soon as Florida loses three more games after you all beat them. Well, s- still, I want I want everybody to be at their top, like – Top speed when we get to play them.
0: Well, speaking of Auburn, so the next couple couple of weeks are going to be their season
2: crucial. Yeah,
0: this this is it. I mean, Texas A&M coming up this weekend. This is going to be this is going to be it. We'll we'll get to that in just a second, but um, I think that's that's definitely going to be it. Um, But Kentucky Florida definitely was the the game of the weekend. I think. Clemson just destroyed Syracuse. Wouldn't wasn't even close. Alabama-South Carolina, that, that game was curious there for a little while. South Carolina put some points on them. I mean, and they had a chance to put even more if they would have scored right there at the end of the first half.
2: It was 23-40, to 40, right? Final seven.
0: Forty 47-23 was the final score. Uh, they were down 24-10 to 10 going into halftime. 23-10, something like that. And... They were on the one-yard line, and they couldn't punch it in. Yeah, you know, that was right there at the end. They thought they had scored, but then they ended up calling him down at the one-yard line, but then they didn't review it, which I thought they should have reviewed it. I don't think there was enough evidence to turn it over after looking at it a couple times. It looks like his knee was down, but I'm actually really surprised. I guess because they didn't call it a touchdown,
1: well, no, I think the, I think the problem it. was that when it got called down, the time just kept running out. So South Carolina, instead of they, they had up. two timeouts, yeah, they hurried up and snapped the ball. Yeah. If I was them, I would have just burned a timeout right there because they would have looked at it eventually. You yeah, know? give them enough time; they're
0: going to yeah. look at it. So, and then uh, Muschamp coming off at the first half, his comments. Yeah. He was in that rage mode that he gets in. What did he say? Well, he came off and she asked him why they didn't try to get them to review it. And he was, like, shaking. He was so angry. You know, I mean, he's already, like, a extremely angry person anyway. But he was, like, shaking. And he was like, if I, if I was to answer that question, then I would get fined for life. <laughs> you know, like, he just, like, you could clearly tell. You know how you get so, like, emotionally invested into something like you, you start making comments that make zero sense. Like that's where he was. Like his emotions were so high that he just started making outlandish comments.
1: Do that with everything I say. If we're, uh, if we're going to talk about the Bama game, I will just say, uh, uh, offensively. I mean, it's pretty much what everybody else is seen offensively. We've got to do something in the running game. Uh, we're not really running the ball effectively.
0: Well, Najee st- certainly was much better.
1: That well, Najee did well that play in the where receiving he, game. Yeah,
0: I mean, he came across the middle and caught that
1: one ball, and then he
0: basically Stiff threw that one arm, guy down and yeah. then hurdled that other guy.
1: Um, And that's the thing. Like, these guys are fine in open space. It's It's two things. One, I don't know that it's all on either group, but I think some of it's on the running backs and some of it's on the offensive line. But I feel like the running backs are kind of dancing a little too much in the backfield instead of just going, you know, and hitting the hole. But uh, I'm not really concerned about that. Defense is what kind of concerns me. And I, I was telling you guys this. It's crazy, like, uh, all these coaches want to use against Bama that, you know, you go to Bama and you're never going to get to play. Yeah. Yet, at one point in the game Saturday – six of our 11 guys on defense were freshmen. Yeah. Not just redshirt freshmen. I'm talking about first year on campus, they're out there playing in week three. Well,
0: and it seems like for the, like, a couple years in a row now, you've had a key defender go
1: down for the season. Yeah. Uh, Especially linebacker, particularly. Well, and see what a lot of people don't know, Dylan Moses, yeah, he went down. But the guy that was originally going to play beside Dylan Moses, Josh McMillan, who was like a four-year, like a five-year senior. This dude had waited his time. He got hurt earlier, yeah. So now we're down to our third string linebacker, in and then now they're both true freshmen. Uh, they kind of got exposed a little bit, which I mean, we kind of knew that was going to happen. They're not going to come in. Yeah, and there's growing pains, no matter how good you are. Well, as a and freshman. I would
0: say Holinsky from South Carolina. I mean, he's a decent quarterback. I mean, he's not a he's not a fantastic quarterback, but he fits South Carolina system pretty well. And considering that South Carolina doesn't really have a very good receiving core. He, he did okay with
1: what he has. Well, and what I was telling Jackson is, like, because he was telling me he didn't get to see the Alabama game and he saw that they scored 23 points. I said, yeah. it wasn't that their offense was gashing us or was flashy. No. I said, he threw the ball 52 times and averaged 5.6 yards per. Yeah. So – they they were literally just dinking and dunking down yeah, the field the it, whole time. It was
0: nickel and dime the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, and they scored right there at the end. So yeah. I mean, the the final score really wasn't representative of what the game was.
1: But they did still put up yards even though they didn't score. He had over 300 and something yards. Well, that was
0: the that was the issue is that they were I mean, they were pushing the ball down the field but they couldn't finish. You know that? Yeah. The end of the first half was crucial because that could have that would have put the game within a touchdown going through going into the half, and then Alabama got the ball at, at the beginning of the second half, and so they scored, and then it became a three score game at that point. So it was a it was a fourteen point um, um, what do you call that swing? Swing. There you go. So that I think that that really confidence wise hurt South Carolina
1: well and I still feel like as long as Tua is healthy and our in our four main receivers are healthy it's gonna be tough man I, Gary Danielson after the game was talking about our offense he was like amazed because now that we brought Sarkeesian in he was like it was like watching it's like watching an NFL offense on the field like yeah our offense might not look as flashy as it did last year but it's so hard to stop even without – I mean, this is without our running game getting going yet. So, But going you know, going through the course of the season, our, we're, we're fortunate that we've got another three weeks before we even really play anybody because we play Southern Miss this week. Next week we play Ole Miss. Then we have a bye week, and then we go to A&M. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, honestly, our schedule is shaping up to where in the regular season we've only really got three games that could be anything at all with A&M, LSU, and Auburn. Well,
0: and so far this is the hardest game that Alabama's had to play. So through six games, South Carolina will be the toughest one. And then at the end of that, that six game will be Texas A&M.
2: Isn't that every year? Uh,
0: Well, it
1: actually switched. We've been playing A&M early.
0: Yeah, and Bama's been playing a lot of home and homes the last couple of years, like opening game, which they've been like Virginia Tech and um, not Virginia. USC. USC that one year. USC, Wisconsin. They played Notre Dame that one year. Uh, we played
1: they? Notre Dame in the national championship game. Was that –
0: yeah, I was thinking they played them – no, I guess. We played
1: – uh, we played – uh, we played Michigan. We played Wisconsin. We played USC. Uh, we played Florida State. Florida State that year that, like, we were one and they were two. And, like, everybody was saying, like, it was, like, the opening game of, like, the biggest opening Was that Jimbo's game in, last year? I think so. And that's when they had, like, a horrendous season. Yeah, because we knocked out Francois for the season. Yeah. They had Derwin James and Cam Akers and all those dudes on defense. And they
0: ended up going like – what was it, like five and seven that year? I don't even think they made a bowl game. Yeah,
1: their quarterback that came in for him was absolute trash.
2: We're we're not going to have uh, – uh, we're watching highlights of the Auburn-Kent State game, and I just realized that Smoke Monday targeted some dude on Kent State. Yeah, he's out for the first he's half He's going to be game. out. I didn't even know that. Yeah.
0: It's not a – I mean, Smoke Monday is definitely one of our one of our good linebackers, but it's not going to kill us. It would be different if it was one of our D-linemen. I think that our – if our D-line stays healthy, Auburn's D-line stays healthy throughout the year, then they're going to cause major problems for just about every team that we play.
2: What made me really happy is that uh – Auburn knows that. Yeah. Gus knows it because Derek Brown sat out a game. Yeah. You know, you you're not supposed to do that in college football, but you know, he had an injury at the very Supposedly. on the first play of scrimmage yeah. and he got to sit out the whole game.
0: It's the uh what we were talking about earlier, the Greg Popovich. hmm There's gonna be a lot more of that that you're gonna see. Yeah. Going forward, especially during
2: these dinky games. I mean, what's the problem with it either? I don't see no problem with it. What's the What's the problem with having your best dude sit out against a team that you could beat with your third stringers?
0: I tell you, the only time it would be a problem is if you had your starting quarterback coming out in the first quarter or your starting running back. Well, maybe not running back, but definitely your quarterback. Because then it's like, all right. like I mean, you're clearly going to win the game, but you take away those positions that are the most key positions. I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, clearly at the – Beginning of the second half, you got your two guys coming in. More, than, more than likely, usually run a, you know, one or two more offensive plays and or offensive um, situations, and then you take them out.
2: Um, I've been thinking about this, and I want Dylan to give me his opinion. Um, I feel like Auburn is, like, right now, just looking at their standing, like where they are, they're number eight. They're like severely overrated. <laughs> it, you think so? Yeah. I mean they I mean they beat Oregon, which is a big big time win, but
0: Well, here's the thing that I think that makes Auburn a great team is their defense.
2: Well, yeah, their defense is top two or three in the country, but I don't I don't their know.
0: offense is coming around.
2: I it mean, is. clearly
0: this was Kent State, not a very good team at all. And, but they had four guys with over 100 yards rushing, which is the first time that's happened since like the early 80s.
2: Well, usually when Auburn is in the top 10, they are a team to be feared. This is not a team that is putting fear in any of the big-time schools. Not
0: yet. It depends on what they do this weekend. I think it, this is kind of a statement game. I mean, if they go to College Station and they win, especially if they win by by 14.
2: or or three touchdowns. Yeah.
0: I think it's a statement game. Which
2: I I think is possible, actually. I mean, I I say they're overrated just probably because I don't think they've done anything yet.
0: Well, seeing what Clemson's defense did to Texas A&M, they put a ton of pressure on Kellen Mond, and he does not play well under pressure. Mm -hmm. So, you know that's what Auburn is going to do. They're going to put a ton of pressure on him. Their running game, like, Texas A&M's running game is decent. It's not great. It's decent. Kellen Mond is their playmaker. That's that's who the whole offense is wrapped around right now. So, if we, just like Clemson, if they can shut Kellen Mond down, I think they've got a very good chance of keeping them at a much lower score. And then our offense – has a potential of doing what they have supposed to be in doing.
2: Well, what I was going to get Dylan's opinion on, because I said that when Auburn's in the top ten or top five, they're a team to be feared. I don't think that this year. So far, obviously. Um, I was going to ask Dylan, has there, like, like, for, like, maybe the last, let's just say seven years since Gus has been there, has there been a time, like, before the Iron Bowl where you were, like, we might lose this game cuz usually the iron bowls are one-sided. Alabama's going to win like 80% of the time.
1: Um 2013 just because that offense was so much in a rhythm by that point. I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to stop that read option. But for the most part, I don't I agree with you. Um I don't think people have really feared playing auburn big time programs in a little bit because even in 2017 i mean yes carry on was great but to me their offense wasn't gonna like keep people up at night that offense i feel like 2013 and even 2014 y'all's offense was so hard to stop now y'all have a better defense now which 2013's defense was good too but y'all have a better defense now than y'all did then um I think yeah, I think mainly offense uh is gonna have to go further before I'd be like, Man, I'd be I'm I'd be scared to have to play them.
0: Well, and I think that Gus did something very strategic in this game against Kent State. He brought Joey in and let him run the ball mm-hmm. a lot. And he ended up running I think he had twelve or thirteen rushes for over a hundred yards with two he had touchdowns.
2: Three guys with over a hundred yards. Had four. No, it was it was, three. was, it it was Sean three? It was, and Joey and uh Jatarvius.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I believe that when it, it's it's a situation that when Joey Gatewood comes into the into the game, you know one or two things are going to happen. He's going to hand the ball off or he's going to run it. Yeah. It's just all there is to it. But Gus wanted to show that so that they can try to game plan against him for that. That's, you know, his whole mindset is is not necessarily trickery, but it's a misdirection.
2: Well, it, I mean, like, you, you almost just want to have Joey be your starter then, because, like, if our whole thing is to have teams game plan for Joey rather than Bo, then what does that really – well, I
0: think it's all about the the RPO. I think it's a well, really not even RPO. I think it's about the who are we running the option. With? I think running it's with Joey? Put Joey if you bring Joey in, and you've got either uh, Whitlow or Cam Martin in the backfield. It's all about the read. So if they see them come in, they go, okay, it's a run play. They're going to stack the box and they're going to bring an extra linebacker down. But if they can read it correctly, and either Joey hands it off or pulls it, there's a very good chance of some positive plays because you know what's going to happen. You already know what's coming on both sides of the ball. But then I don't think Joey will ever be the starter because the reason why Bo won the job was because he was a better passer. He was more consistent. He's a better read. And he showed – I mean, he rushed for nearly 50 yards. He showed he can run that option, mm-hmm. that read option. He, can, he actually pulled it a couple of times and had some pretty good plays. And so it, their playbook is wide open right now. And I think that's what they've been trying to do the last couple of weeks is figure out kind of what route they're going to run with. And Seth Williams should be back this weekend, which is going to be huge anthony will be back anthony schwartz should be back they've said that he's been without his cast this weekend they're this week so that's that's a definite huge plus so it really for texas a&m they can't really game plan against a specific
2: it's almost like we have and it's funny to say we have too many weapons we have a lot of things that we can do but we don't we don't really know what we want to do yet, right? And that maybe that's what's conf- that's what can confuse. Teams. Yeah, I mean that's
0: what my point is: is that they're trying to show their entire hand, yeah, so that they don't have specific schemes for Auburn's offense, yeah, because it could go one way or the other at any time. Mm-hmm. That's that's Gus. That's Gus's mo.
1: I think that's good to an extent. I think your offense also has to form its own identity, though, because when your back's up against the wall and adversity hits, you know what's your move on offense? You know yeah. you, you gotta have a you know like all right, we're down, we're putting it in Bo's hands. We're gonna see what Bo does. Or all right, we're gonna lean on Jatarvius here. We're gonna you know he's he's been our money maker for the year. Like you have to know what your offense is because there
2: are no money yet. I don't think.
0: Well, Gus's success leans so heavily on the run game yeah if the run game is not any good the offense struggles and we've seen that the last few years Jarrett Stidham as good of a quarterback as it that he was last year when they didn't have a solid running game he struggled because teams knew that they could drop an extra db back or drop a safety back and you know run certain schemes to keep you know, prevent the pass. They could put four in the box and prevent the run that way and just worry about the pass. So and that that happened in, in the Oregon game. You know, Bo won that game because he made some big pass plays. They finally got some the run going there in the third quarter, but it was never a weapon. And so that's been the that's been the question for me is if Whitlow is the guy so far, he besides this last game against a horrible defense in Kent State, they haven't proved anything on their run game yet. And that, and it's so crucial for them to have a good run, not a okay, but a really good running game, because that opens up their playbook.
2: I really wish I was going to be home Saturday because this is probably, I mean. It's like the biggest game of the season so far.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the Oregon game was definitely up there, but I think this is SEC play. This is certainly not, bigger than that.
2: Well, yeah, not, but not just talking about like the teams we had to face. Just like it's like what you said earlier. This is like our statement.
0: Yeah, this is clear. This is certainly a statement game. I mean, as of right now, looking at Auburn's schedule, there's a very good chance that they could go zero and three. In the next couple of weeks.
2: Play AM, Florida. And LSU. LSU. We don't play all of them back to back to back, do we? Yeah, we I, feel, yeah I think there's a bye week. There is a there bye between week. Between LSU and Florida. We play Arkansas in there somewhere, don't we? Mm,
0: I had to look at their schedule, but I feel like the next three weeks.
1: I want to say I'll play LSU October 12th. Yeah. And
2: we there's play, a bye week. LSU right before Alabama plays them. Um, I believe the Yellow. schedule is Texas A&M this Saturday, Mississippi State, Florida, and Arkansas LSU.
0: So in the next so, yeah. five games, they could either go five and zero, oh, or they could go two and three.
2: Or one and
0: four, or potentially one and four. I figured we're
2: at Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. Mississippi State is not very
0: good, and Ole Miss is not very good.
1: I feel like at the at the at the worst they would go two and three. I think you are a better team than Florida. I think your two biggest games will be Saturday and then uh, LSU. But the Florida game is at the swamp. Yeah.
2: So if we talking about a Florida team that should have lost to Kentucky, that's true. If we beat A and M. Would we jump in the rankings at all?
0: Uh, not unless somebody lost in front of them. Okay, they're sitting at eight.
2: It's at that point now where somebody's gonna have to lose. Well, let's say we we beat State, Florida, and Arkansas. I, get, just wanna, I just want to I just want to know what the matchup would be like well, for the LSU game. I
0: say that you got Texas A and M. I mean uh, Notre Dame sitting right in front of Auburn. So there's a good. Ch- I mean George is going to beat Notre Dame. Let's just be honest. Yeah. And so, if Auburn wins, they'll at least jump up to number seven. Now, if, if Notre Dame pulls off the win against Georgia, then Auburn will sit still. I Notre Dame, probably
2: Auburn might drop because they won't drop Georgia past
0: eight. Uh, well, I mean – Of course, Notre, they could just flip them. They could flip them. I mean, Notre Dame could jump up to like four. And LSU 3 LSU B3 and Georgia drop back down to like number seven.
2: Yeah, uh, it's funny thinking about it because at the beginning, before the season started – you look at the Auburn schedule and it's like it's one of the hardest schedules we've had in a long oh, it's, it's time. It's the hardest
0: schedule in the nation. Mm-hmm. The
2: hardest. But as we're going through it, it's really not as hard.
0: Well, the it's because LSU is at the top of their game. I mean, you look at three of their season games currently sit in the top four. Number um, one, number three, number four. Yeah, Texas A&M is currently sitting at number twelve. Florida is currently sitting at number nine.
2: Well, the number two team. So two, three,
0: four. Yeah, Alabama's number two. That's nine, right. 17. So you, as of right now, they've got five games in their schedule of top twelves, and Texas A&M's only loss right now is to the number one team, Clemson. Mm-hmm. So it's a very difficult schedule. I mean. And you can't discount Ole Miss. Ole Miss always plays Auburn tough. Uh, Mississippi State usually plays Auburn tough. Even though they're not a very good team this year, they still play them tough.
2: Who's the better Mississippi team this year? I haven't paid any attention.
0: Ole Miss is definitely better. Not by a lot. They're both pretty trash. But Ole Miss is certainly the better team. Mississippi State is – they're on that struggle bus right now because they they lost Dan Ann Mullen. Well, if Ole
2: Miss is going to give us problems – then we play LSU, Old Miss and Georgia back to back to back.
0: Yeah. And then down game then Alabama. Yeah. So Auburn's schedule is by far
2: the toughest. If this team goes undefeated, I'm not saying that like I think it'll happen, but if this team were to go undefeated, uh they should just erect in a statue for the entire team. Oh, it
0: would if they were to win every game in the season. Minus what was a what would have happened in the playoffs, it would be the greatest winning season for strength of schedule ever.
2: Mm-hmm. No doubt, it'd be it'd be far and beyond 2017. But,
0: but Auburn could lose two games just like they did last year. They could lose two games going into the Georgia and Auburn, Georgia and then Alabama games, and still have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, if they lose to Florida and LSU.
2: It'd be tough. Everything it, just kind of fell in, in place for us in 2017, though. Yeah, and then they screwed it up. Yeah.
1: It's funny you're talking about Auburn having the toughest schedule. I
2: was listening to Bomb
1: yesterday, and they actually said A&M's got the toughest schedule because they drew Georgia from the east as well. And then where y'all played Oregon, they played Clemson. They played the number yep. one, number two, number three, and number 14 when they play LSU. Yeah. They – uh. They had a pretty crappy draw this season. Yeah, I,
0: I would say if you're in the SEC West, uh, you're going to have a really difficult schedule. I mean, you Unless look at Ole Alabama. Miss. Ole Miss has got a really difficult schedule.
1: Well, Alabama doesn't have a very difficult schedule. Because they're yeah, Alabama. Yeah. Everybody else's schedule is difficult because they have to play us.
0: That's true. Nobody will play Bama. That whole deal with the um, – Getting people to play Batman is hilarious. That thing that they did on the SEC network. But anyway. So, any other big scores y'all want to talk about? Um, I think it's hilarious that Michigan dropped in the polls. I think. Uh, they are down to number 10 now. I mm. really hope Michigan loses Army? to. Yeah.
1: I, I hope Michigan loses to Wisconsin this week. I do too. Here's the thing Michigan is obviously not a very good team. And they could still get struggle wins all season and make it into the playoffs just because they're Michigan and everybody wants to hop on the hot train every year.
0: Was it right now, Ohio State would obliterate Michigan? Oh, yeah. Obliterate them. Justin Fields is playing out of his mind, which they have not played anybody (laughs) yet.
1: Well, they played (laughs) Indian.
0: Yeah. Who? (laughs) So, I mean, as far as other games, like I said, I mean, this week, this weekend was a lull game. Um, Jackson, I'm sorry, Maryland lost to uh, Temple. That was your team, team,
2: man. Maryland was was fun to watch. Yeah, they're still fun to watch.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: they put up 17 this week. Just saying.
0: Florida State got beat again. It's an off off week. Florida. Let me ask you all this. Willie Taggart.
1: Why did they hire him?
2: At, uh Florida State. Florida State.
1: I don't know, because he already had a trash season at
2: Oregon before His entire record is not very good. Florida State is just in a complete downfall. Were
0: they I mean were they just like, well, there's nobody else? I mean No. Probably nobody wanted to
2: go be there. <laughs> Nobody I just, wanted to be at Florida
0: State. I, I guess they did. Did other coaches see what happened to Jimbo in this last season? And be like, well, I see why Jimbo
2: left. Jimbo can't do it. We, I can't. I know? don't know. They pulled the trigger pretty quick.
0: It was really fast. Yeah. Like, they hired Willie Taggart, like, within, I feel like it
1: was like a week after Jimbo resigned. Yeah. I don't really know what the deal is with that. And f- and, and, and he's got a, I was listening to Feinbaum today. He has a seventeen million dollar buyout. Von said, "I don't know what Willie Taggart has on somebody down there, Florida State. He's table. clearly got pictures out. of somebody.
0: <laughs> he's got pictures of somebody naked, yeah. and he's holding on to them. him. Him, uh, I don't know. Like his best season at Oregon was like six wins, I
1: think. Um, he only coached there one or two years. Yeah, he came from like uh, USF, South Florida."
0: How, I don't know.
2: How long have we been going? Um, about 30 minutes. We want to talk about NFL.
0: Well, um, let's talk about the upcoming games real quick, and then we'll um, maybe talk a little bit of Heisman, too, because I do want to get into some Heisman discussion.
1: Oh, yeah. So, some big games this week. Obviously, you got the big game we've been talking about with uh, Auburn and Texas A&M. That's at 2.30. Um, Friday night, uh, primetime is uh, Utah at USC. Utah um, should win that game. Utah is still number 10 and undefeated. <coughs> um, dark horse. Yeah, everybody's dark horse. It's hard to be a dark horse when everybody talks about you being a
2: dark horse. I mean, at that point. Are you point, really a dark horse? You're, you're not a dark horse if they're all a- talking Auburn's about Auburn's more of a dark horse than Utah. <laughs> um, We're number seven or
1: eight. Let's see. Uh, there's Tennessee, Florida. I was listening to Finebaum today. And a couple of people called in was thinking that Tennessee's going to pull that one off. in the Well, swamp. let's
0: not get too excited about that. Yeah. But I, it will be a, a test to see kind of who Florida really is. Because yeah. if they struggled against Kentucky and then they end up struggling against Tennessee.
1: Uh, well, yeah. what somebody said was that with this quarterback, this Trask, they said uh, – you know, it was one thing. It's one thing to come into the game where you didn't have time to get nervous about it. Like yeah. it was just there was no time. It's like, to boom, you're about in. It. Yeah, you d- you just got in. You played. And now he's thinking. Now you've got all week. Everybody's talking about you. And Florida-Tennessee is still a a pretty big rivalry. So right. Um. Like I I said, Michigan-Wisconsin at Wisconsin. That's going to be. Yeah, I feel like Wisconsin will end up winning that game. I really hope so. Um. I'll. I, uh, let's see. Like we said, Auburn, Texas A uh, We got Oregon, Stanford. Uh, game of the week: Charlotte at Clemson. Yeah. Um. Meh. Oklahoma <laughs> State, Texas, and then the real game of the week is Notre Dame at Georgia.
2: What time does that come on?
1: That's prime time, seven o'clock. That's the ABC Ooh. game. I could get to home for It's actually the CBS game. CBS. Oh, PBS. that's
0: right. CBS is the
1: night game. Yeah. So we were kind of. Uh, we were kind of talking about who might would pull the night game this year between yeah. LSU, Auburn, and this FAM. is this is it. This is their only not the, game, is right? Their, this is their prime time game. They chose this. Is it only
0: because it's a out of conference game? That's a, I mean that's the only thing I could think of.
1: I don't really know because I mean doors. if you
0: look at the the um, the ranking, then if if I get. I guess they they don't want to take the chance of LSU losing before they play Alabama.
1: They chose this as their primetime game back before the season started. Yeah. So... Maybe they
0: just didn't think LSU was going to be as good as they are. Well, a lot of people
1: didn't. A lot of people thought that LSU was going to go into Texas and get smacked. Yeah. Hmm. So, there's some... It's, it's definitely... There's some more... There's more variety this week to choose from. Than well,
0: Georgia-Notre Dame has been like that game... The last, well, that was uh, Franz'
1: freshman year. They didn't play last year, but that was Franz' freshman year game where he, uh, it was his first start. Eason had just went down. That's right. And oh Fromm man, went on the road and at beat him in Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Yep. at the very end.
0: Yeah, that was a good game. I, I would, I feel like Georgia should blow them out. <laughs> I feel like they should. I don't I think, think it'll it's be, cl- be a blowout. I don't think it will. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that Georgia will eventually win by like maybe 10 or something like that and maybe score a, a late touchdown or a late field goal, but
2: I hope it's like the t- uh LSU Texas game.
0: I do too. I hope it's a flipping shootout. Mhm.
2: What
1: I would not what I would not be surprised to see happen is that uh Georgia get up early. Mm-hmm. but then Brian Kelly, because he's kind of known for making adjustments adjustments at halftime, he goes in and makes a few adjustments, and they come back and make it closer, but I do think Georgia's going to win that game.
0: Yeah. That should be a really good game. I should be able to see at least the second half. I'll be I back.
1: I not see any of it, just like every other game <laughs> on Saturdays. You have
0: to get a different job, Dylan. Yeah, hey, we I need really more good. listeners so we can get more money off of this podcast so <laughs> we can all quit our jobs.
1: Yep. Just uh, – provide you guys with great content every week and that's yeah. how we make money we would do a podcast every day okay, well let's, let's not, not get, get carried, too away. carried away now <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. calm down joe rogan <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll do a four-hour podcast every single day oh, my goodness um so Go yeah on. that that's certainly going to be one of the better games this weekend definitely a lot better weekend matchup wise than this past weekend um I do want to talk about the Heisman race for just a second before we jump into another topic. Um, at this point, who do y'all feel like would
2: win the Heisman? Jalen. I agree. <laughs> Jalen, like, no question. I would put a, a etn at two and then two at three. Eh, I'd put two at two. Uh,
1: Travis has not performed as much the last couple of games. I still T- Tua, in my mind, Tua is the best player in college football, but that doesn't always mean they're going to be the Heisman winner.
0: Yeah, and it's become – if this is the MVP, the most valuable player, then you've got to look at who is the one that is most valuable to his team. Like, if he was to go down, then their team would suffer – and Jalen. Right now, Jalen would be number one.
1: Well, that was the argument against Tua last year, too. It was like, you take Tua away from Alabama, and Alabama's still going to win 10 games. Yeah. Well, if you're going to say that, then no player at Alabama's ever going to win the Heisman again as long as Saban's there, because we're always going to have the talent to win games. Yeah. Um, but I do I think Tua's the best player in college football. and But I also think that we are not as flashy this year on offense. So. Well,
0: and you you've definitely seen a big change in Tua's game that he's not running at all. Like, he's definitely staying in the pocket. And I feel like Saban is really pushed onto him as, like, you don't have to run.
1: Well, we need him for the season to stay healthy. And and that was definitely an issue down the stretch last year was health for him. Yeah, so.
0: which he has that bionic ankle now, so you shouldn't yeah. have to worry about that one.
2: Yeah. Well, whatever y'all are doing in Alabama, it's a direct result of Nick Saban's Pearl Harbor 44-16, to 16, you know, uh, whatever adjustments have been made is a direct result of that game.
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I wouldn't be mad if Jalen won.
2: Well, I mean, of course not. I mean,
0: he's like the you, you're already kind of thinking it's like who who's going to play Jalen in, in the movie? Like right. one of the definitely one of the better stories. Like he did it the right way. Michael B. Jordan. He stayed. <laughs> I don't know if he's big enough. He's you know he stayed at Alabama. He he stayed and graduated. He got his degree, and then went for one more year at a fantastic program, and is most certainly boosting his draft stock. Mm-hmm. He at, at right right he, now he will be a first round draft pick. He is living the uh, life.
1: Man. We don't have to talk about this now, but I don't think so. I don't think I don't think he'll be taken. He'll be taken, but I don't think he'll be in the first two. Or three I think
0: rounds. he will be because. It's it's like the – he's almost – not necessarily a shoe win, but he's almost got a better chance of being a number one draft – not a number one, but being a first-round draft pick now that he's at Oklahoma because of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Like he's – like Lincoln Riley clearly knows how
1: to develop a quarterback. Well, also, though – there's a difference in what Baker and Kyler did, and what and what Jalen is doing now. Lincoln has molded this offense around what Jalen does best, which is a one read and and move. Yeah. Well, in the NFL, you can't be a one read guy, but that's still what he is. They were talking about that today on uh, Jock's roundtable. Jalen's not changed. He's still a one read guy. Yeah. I mean, he's still the, same the difference. The difference is is that where he's at now. He's playing against defenses. To where if that reads not there, he can just take it, you know, tuck it and run it for. Yeah, I mean, his
0: his stats are certainly padded because of the defenses he's going up against. There's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt.
1: So uh, I think he'll get a shot at the NFL, and he'll probably go higher now that he's going to have this big season. I don't think he. So will So you're telling me game. if
0: he ends up winning the Heisman, he will not be an uh, overall first round
1: draft pick. Nope. I'll be willing to put money on it right here, right now, on this Let's podcast. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. $100. $100. He if he round. wins the Heisman, okay.
0: if he wins the Heisman, that's the first thing, he will be a first-round draft pick. I say yes, Dylan says no.
2: All right. Well, you guys September 17th, it. Yep.
0: 2019. 2019, $100. Jalen, don't let me down.
2: I'm glad I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not – look, here's the thing. Heisman, I mean – Josh, I'm afraid I agree with Dylan. I think Jalen is like, who's coming out in the draft this year? Oh no! Jaylen? Look, look. Uh, I
0: certainly agree that he is not a first rounder, but I'm gonna. I have a, a hard time believing an NFL team is gonna pass up on a Heisman winner going in the first round.
2: Oh my God! What if he goes to Miami? <laughs> no, definitely, no, he definitely he ain't going, going to Miami. One. That would be hilarious. He is not going number one.
1: Yeah, we're trying to think of a R. team that would take him.
2: <laughs> Who would take to uh Jalen in the first round? Give up their first
0: round draft pick. That. Atlanta. Yeah. Why would Atlanta do it? Maddie, Maddie is not going to last very much longer. He's not that old, is he? He's getting up there. He's, He's like 32. thirty-five.
2: Yeah. He's still got like ten more years.
0: Nah, uh, he ain't Tom Brady. The Saints.
2: Yeah, Drew's done for his life. Drew's,
0: Drew, Drew, may not be the same quarterback ever again. He might be retired
2: after this year. I wouldn't say that. I don't know. Drew has the the Tom, Colts. Drew has the Tom Brady blood. He'll be back. Jacoby Brissett is not a franchise quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is this like the same thing as Jalen? Not uh. Jacoby's better. Look in the NFL,
1: unless you are Lamar. Kyler. It is all about how well you can read a defense and pass the ball.
0: Well, I think certainly his uh, you know, the draft combine will make a gigantic difference. But I just have a hard time believing that a Heisman winning quarterback would not go in the first round.
1: Tim Tebow. Not only was he a Heisman winner, he was a Heisman finalist for three years in a row. But Tim Tebow was
0: like an anomaly that even everybody even says, why didn't he
1: get a better chance? Tim (laughs) Tebow was Jalen. I mean, Tim Tebow was better. But Tim Tebow was a one-read guy at Florida. But Tim Tebow was kind of the first of his kind as far as just you could not stop him running the ball. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's what – because the era of quarterbacks was different than – that's why everybody was afraid to take a chance on him. Tebow was – It was if Tebow was to be playing today. He'd be Bo Nicks. He would be – I think he'd be a starter right now at, at some
1: NFL team.
2: I think he'd be like the equivalent to Bo Nicks. I don't think he'd be as good.
1: You don't think – wait a minute. You think that Bo Nicks right now is better than Tim Tebow?
2: No, I, I think that – if Tim Tebow were to start playing right now, not like right now at his current age, but like if t- if you take if he was nineteen years old, take right nineteen now. year old Tim Tebow and set him into a college offense in twenty nineteen, I don't think he'd be as good. I don't. No, I don't think Bo is better than Tim Tebow.
0: You're just saying that defenses have would evolved. What? Yeah, I, they
2: would set up like they do against Bo. Yeah, a spy, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. Heisman wise, it's. I feel like it's Jalen's to lose at this point because we've certainly seen that with Heisman voters, they love stats more than they do the team, or more than they do the individual performance. If he, as of right now, he's got what nearly—is he at a thousand yards yet? I think
1: he's at nine.
0: He's close. So no, he's at.
1: So maybe he's late, at nine. He? He's at nine because. Uh, he had over – he had 300 total more yards than Tua, and Tua has a little bit more passing yards but no rushing yards. Jalen he yeah. so he's, yards. he's on pace to have a
0: um, 1,000-yard rush and over 2,000 pass.
1: Probably three. Probably three. I mean, look at his schedule. The only team that has – and they didn't look great either. Like the only team that has any kind of defense at all that he will play all year is Texas, and they got lit up by Joe Burrow. By Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, I, it favors it favors Jalen. It really does. Like he's he's in the the best position to pad the most stats. I think it certainly favors him. Um, I don't think Tua could win if even if he wanted to. Just because he's not going to have monster stats, he he doesn't have to. I mean, it's just
1: the Alabama way. Well, I mean, he's got monster stats. I mean, he's he's just getting taken out in the fourth quarter. Right. Still, I mean, he had he put up three fifty and five t- no four four thirty and five touchdowns this week.
0: The thing with with um, Tua is his QBR rating. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his pass completion percentage is probably the best. It seems like every game he plays, he's like 18 for 23, 20 yeah. for 24. Like he only – and he doesn't have an interception yet, which Jalen does Jaylen. either. But they have so few incompletions, which he does dump a lot of passes.
1: Oh, they run a lot of slants.
0: Oh, so they run they, – they are like my offense in Madden – they run a lot of slants. And when you've got a receiving core and running backs like Alabama has, where all you have to do is just pass them the ball, even those little um, – what are they called? It's like a jet sweep, but they pop the ball in yeah, front of them. That's now considered it's considered a pass. And, I mean, you get Jerry Judy on the outside, he's going to outrun most defenders, run him to the weak side. That'll give you some good
2: stats. Turns out the triple slants work in real life, too.
0: Yes, they do. Madden got it right.
1: Well, there's <laughs> no doubt that our receiving core is just unbelievable. I mean, like, just you've got for sure uh, three first-rounders, maybe four with Devontae Smith. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddell can't come out of the draft this year, but uh, if Devontae decides to go out with Henry and Jerry, it'll be interesting to see if they all three go first-round. But they're all so good uh, and I, and I understand where people are coming from, where they're like, is Tua really that good, or is it just the receivers? The receivers so
0: good. Yeah, it's not like we were talking about McIlroy earlier. You know, when you have a freak of nature in Julio Jones, you just throw it in his direction, and he'll find a way to catch it. You've got four guys, including Najee Harris as your running back, five guys that you can dump down to a five-yard pass, and they're going to run it for 70. I mean, you can't really ask for for a better situation than that. No,
1: but this is is what I counter with. All right, that's what you say. All three of those guys besides Waddle, the other three were there, plus Calvin Ridley the year before, and look at what Jalen did with him. He was still shut down in the big games. I don't want to.
0: I don't want to say anything else about Jalen because it'll hurt my potential first round <laughs> draft pick argument. <laughs> hmm. So anyway, so yeah, I think it's Jalen's to lose right now. Um, let's let's shift over to the NFL for just a little bit. Um, I'm not a big NFL fan, so I try to keep up with as much as I can. Uh, the Patriots are unstoppable. If if Antonio Brown through two games, if. <laughs> even if antonio brown doesn't end up sticking with them if if these allegations end up coming up and get him suspended or whatever i mean seven rings for uh for tommy
1: yeah i think that they are who right now who's better than the patriots nobody right now but i think without ab they are at least the top, the other top teams have a chance. The Rams could beat them on their best game. The uh, the Chiefs could beat them. Uh, I think Dallas is actually a team to be reckoned with this Dallas
0: year. Dallas is showing right now through the first couple weeks that, especially Dak, they are they are back to their first year glory with Dak and and Zeke. Like, Dak
1: help- is putting up crazy numbers right now.
0: Signed that contract and he's like, Hey guys, I'm gonna show you that I'm worth it. I'm gonna show you that I should have got 40 million. Yeah, because let's be honest, did we ever think that he was actually worth as much as he actually got?
1: You know, I always kind of thought that Dak was like gonna be that guy that comes in his rookie year and has an incredible rookie year and ends up being a fluke, like a RG3. But yeah, so so far, far, I mean, uh, obviously,
0: that's not true. uh -uh. I mean, it's we're he's what season four. Yeah, So, he's clearly shown enough – he's got enough of a resume that he's going to be around for a long time. Barring any major injuries, he's going to be around for a while.
1: But with all that being said, um, even if A.B. is not on the Pats, they're still the best team right now. And not just because of that offense, but their defense is great this year. So, I think everybody's fighting for second place right now at the moment.
0: Yeah, so I I think that – I think the Pats are definitely the best team in the NFL right now. I think Dallas is
1: probably top 3. I would, I could say I would say Pats and then I think that the top the 3 behind them could be interchanged between the Rams, the Rams and the, the Cowboys, Cowboys and, the and the Chiefs. And I I hate it for the Saints because they're up there too with Drew Brees and now that Drew's out for the next 6 weeks. All, all they got to do is win three of them. If they can get Teddy to give them three of those six wins, they can still make. I don't it. know. Teddy came in there and didn't. I know they lost, but they didn't. He didn't look too. Teddy's bad. probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I for sure. He's I mean, a Pro he's... Bowler. And look in their division; they're probably going to get their I, division. I don't. Is I, don't bad. I don't know their schedule. I could look it up, but you know they're probably going to draw Tampa Bay at one point in there. They can easily win that game. Yeah, they're probably they might draw Carolina. And no offense to you guys, because I know y'all love Cam, but uh right, trash. let's be real. Yeah, I mean, they are absolutely, Christian
0: minus Christian McCaffrey. They are absolute trash. Yeah, I mean, I love Cam, but he is he is di- di- is digressed a word is that is that a word?
1: I think he's regressed.
0: Dig- is he, that it? I think they're both words. He's gone down. He has he not good no more. <laughs> he's not good no more. He well, is not good.
1: I don't even I don't even know if it's necessarily that. I think uh, yes, he has regressed some. I don't think it's that to the point to where he's bad. I think some of it has to do with the way they are game planning. And I understand, you know, they want to keep him healthy.
2: But I, I still think he's injured, actually. Well, you know, shoulder, shoulder is uh, bothering him. Well,
0: he threw they, – they made a point that I feel like it was maybe 10 throws in that last game that were overthrown or underthrown. And so that leads you to believe that either the shoulder is still an issue or because the shoulder was an issue, he doesn't have the same arm that he had before. But I'm kind of with you. I feel like that it may be a lingering
1: issue. Okay, uh, going back to the Saints real quick. This is their next six games. They have a brutal two games. Uh, this week they're on the road in Seattle. That's going to be tough. That's a loss. That's going to be a that's going to be a the loss. The week after that is Sunday night football. Dallas comes to town.
2: So loss. That's another loss. But
1: then they get Tampa Bay at home. That's a win. Then they get they play Jacksonville. That's, that's has a win. No quarterback. Yep. Uh, interesting game against the Bears. The Bears have a great defense, but they've been struggling the first two games to find any kind of thing on offense. That is in Chicago, so it could be a close game. I think they win that. They, so they they're th-
2: three and two by the, that point. And then if they, they round, beat the Bears, they
1: round it out back at home against
2: Kyler and the Cardinals. So they go four and two with Teddy.
1: If they if they go four and two, so that would mean that they were what five five and three. Is that right because they won no, their they, first game and then they're they one lost and one right now. So 5 and 3 with drew. Shoot. You you can lose three more games to make the playoffs if
0: he's out 6 weeks. I think
1: I think it's pretty sure they're thinking 6 weeks. Is it it's 6 weeks is normal recovery time for a, the injury that he has. Isn't it, is it a broken thumb? No, it was a, um it wasn't broken. It was a tendon issue in the thumb he had surgery on it. Um Wasn't it that he tried to pick up the ball and he couldn't grip it? On the sideline, tried to pick it up, and he just couldn't grip the ball. Yeah.
0: I guess he just can't put any pressure on that thumb.
1: Yeah, let's see here. I'll tell you what it was. But uh, doctors
0: in the NFL can mysteriously work magic and get
1: get people recovered very, very fast. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he just tore a ligament in his thumb. And that's, you know, Drew Brees is is one of
0: those – few quarterbacks that we have right now in the league that has been not necessarily indestructible but has been injury wise has never had a setback, like a major setback.
1: Well, besides his huge shoulder injury in San in San Diego.
0: Yeah. So I mean since he's been with the Saints.
1: Oh, since so he's been with the Saints, he's been
0: fine. he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks.
2: Oh yeah. He he's an iron man. He's I wouldn't up there be surprised with surprised if he came back early.
0: And I'm thinking of like Brady and Ben, they've just been like consistently have been there for years. And, ben and ben is, Eli, yeah, did you guys R- hear
1: RIP to him? He's done. Yeah, he's
0: Eli's uh lost his job. I think he might he might retire.
2: Poor guy. No, he'll sit on the sidelines for this year.
0: Well, I mean, after this year, I think he'll retire. I don't know if he'd actually go somewhere else.
2: I'm gonna be watching that Daniel Jones debut. <laughs> I'm curious man
0: be. I don't know Daniel Jones was a, a curious pick for me uh, they certainly had some better options ahead of
1: them well I mean but he was the only person that was ahead of him as far as the quarterback rankings was Dwayne and Dwayne couldn't even beat out Case Keenum well, I, well and,
0: and really I'm saying that I thought that they may not have necessarily went with a quarterback I mean I get that they kind of had to but I felt like they should have waited one more year
1: They could have
2: waited one more year and got Tua.
1: This year could have been a much better. Bro, Miami is sealing the bag on Tua, bro. Yeah, making sure they're going to tank every game. They're not going to score a point the rest of the season just to make sure. Is Jay Cutler still down there? No, (laughs) no, but they could call him up. (laughs) Oh man, hey Jay, you busy?
0: Hey Jay, buddy, we need you for a few games. We'll give you cigarettes down and come pick up the football. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pay you a million a game. (laughs) Just come up here and just get crushed. That's all we need, buddy. You're, you're used to it, so, so if you can just come up here and get killed.
1: So, speaking of the train wreck that is the Dolphins, I know Jackson knows. I don't know if you know. Did you know that they traded Minka? No! They traded, they traded Minka for, er, for a first-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, So, they now have three first-rounders and two second-rounders in the second draft. Well, they're banking on these picks. They're like Jackson and Madden. It worked. And they were uh, They were saying, you know, they said, man, Cleveland's set up. I was, it was on Monday Night Football. I was watching this game. They said, Cleveland's set up. And they were like, well, not necessarily Cleveland. I mean, sorry, Miami's set up. And they said, not necessarily. Look at all the picks that Cleveland's had over the that's past true. few years. That you've got to hit on the picks. Yeah.
0: Well, they've just bombed on their picks. I mean, that's all there is to it.
1: They bombed on their quarterback picks. Yeah. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but Baker's not even proven himself yet. Besides connecting to Odell on a couple of plays, he's struggled these first two games. Yeah.
0: I'm not sold on the Browns. This was kind of their chance. They're about to get
1: embarrassed Sunday night against uh, the Rams. Yeah, Aaron Don. I mean, uh, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna blow. Speaking somebody. of the Rams, Jackson, that's your team. Um, what's the deal with Todd? I, are are they just gonna keep him at about ten to twelve touches
2: a game? I think so. I read something the other day uh, where they're saying that he's like, he's basically like. Back to himself, but I, I, I don't know. They were talking about being real precautious I, with him. I was like going to say, do y'all said. not
0: feel like after last year that you know that it finally came out that the injury that he had was much more severe than he what they led to has believe. an arthritic knee. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Is like it's not just like an ACL tear, something that can be repaired, and then nine months later you're back arthritis is not something that you can just dig out and be
1: done.
2: Yeah, he has permanent knee damage. And, and the, and the deal is, is
1: is he could have spent all offseason. He might feel great right now. He might not even feel it. It might feel like – And then it could just flare up. Yeah, and then he just starts – they start giving him the ball 20, 25 well, times, and then he wakes up what, on Monday uh, and he's
2: shot. That's what that article was talking about that I was reading. They were like, he seems to be good now. But, like you said, you never know. It could be, like, week 11 and they're who playing whoever and he just flares up and he can only manage I four I think they're, carries. like,
0: cautiously optimistic. Like, they're, like, in a place, like, okay, he feels good, but we're not going to push it unless we, we just absolutely have to.
2: Well, yeah, boy, well, I mean, you have to be optimistic. He's the second best running back in the league.
0: Behind Saquon
2: Zeke. Saquon's not better than Todd and Zeke. He wasn't my league. Everybody, you could take anybody. You could take Jatarvius Whitlow and make him the greatest running back of all time. That's true. I'm very
0: good with running backs in
2: Madden. I love the stretch play that you run every time. I don't
0: run the stretch play that often.
2: Or the halfback toss. I don't run the halfback
0: toss that often. Okay. I find, I find one or two plays that... Guys, we're not talking about video Okay, case. sorry. <laughs> um so anyway so let's wrap it up here and last week we wrapped it up with antonio brown that and episode did not come out <laughs> uh, <laughs> the
1: episode that we didn't have we're actually we took a week off after taking we'll, three months off we we'll came post back to that episode
0: off. just so y'all can have it so uh jackson thought he had it uploaded but apparently it didn't get uploaded but um we'll drop that episode as well so y'all have that but uh, go back and listen to that episode because I do kind of go on a rant about Antonio Brown, and I believe most of you will agree with me. Um, so here I I want to read you this um this headline.
2: I've been waiting. I I don't know what's <laughs> what you're about to say. This is literally Oops.
0: my favorite headline ever. <laughs> uh Uh, let's see. This is from a doctor. This is from oh, the This is from this a is. New York Post. In the New York Post. This is the doctor. Antonio Brown farted in my face and still owes me eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a great book title. If you read the article, this doctor, and I get like apparently the doctor's been <laughs> has been uh like Antonio left him with a bill or something like that. That's what he's really after. But the fact that he's using that he repeatedly would fart in his face as like a mean. It's almost when you read, when I first read that, I was like, this dude is really suing him over farting in his face. Like, I didn't realize he had a bill. Like, I thought it was like, he has put the price tag of being farted in his face at 11 (laughs) grand. And all I could think of is like. Man, I owe Jake a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and and my two boys owe me a lot of money. <laughs>
2: that is, I mean, you know. What? This, this Antonio <laughs> Brown. It. It's like. Is that real? It is totally real. Oh, it's real.
1: There was videos real. that came out.
2: Of There's in, now in a the video office. of
0: Antonio Brown being uh, farting on this doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look at that. I need I to just, see that. I'm just like. It's like, you know, this always happens. When, when there's a lame duck, everybody gets in on it. Like, it, it's just a trickle effect. It just happens. And some of them are real and some of them aren't. This is like so far beyond what anybody thought would come out about Antonio Brown. You know, there's sexual accusations, there's rape allegations, there's all these things coming out. And this guy's like, uh, he farted on me. I need 11 grand. (laughs) Like, that's what it looks like. Like, he's literally suing him over farting.
2: So, what is... So...
0: Like, the real story is that he's like... I don't know if he's like some kind of trainer or something. But he treated Antonio Brown either like a rehab or something like that. And he left him with a bill, basically. And... I think he says in the article, like even people told him do not treat Antonio. He'll leave you with a bill. Like he won't Mm -hmm. pay you basically. And so, but it's like his defense is not good. It's not good enough that he came in and didn't pay his bill. It's like, I'm going to make this better and let him know that he used to fart on me all the time.
2: (laughs) That's like, that's so
0: stupid. Like that doesn't like, to me that hurts you. Like you're, are you serious right now? Like, I don't, you're take, upset. I don't I'll take the doctors seriously. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. If there was just besides my boys, if there's somebody else that's farting in my face, I'm not going to like it. Like, i gonna be like, okay, that's, that's not funny. Like, all right, that's enough.
2: But is that grounds for suing <laughs> someone though? <laughs> I, just, I don't I think I don't, it is. <laughs> if that's the case. I really hope
0: that there's more lawsuits coming out of my ex-wife used to
2: fart in our covers and hotbox me. (laughs) I believe that I should be... There will be more cases about Antonio that his friends will just say, like, Antonio (laughs) said a curse word at me or just weird Well if he's stuff. farting on this random doctor,
0: how many other people out there has he farted on? <laughs> who There's going to be a who class Who are the other victims? There's going to be a class action lawsuit against Antonio Brown for farting.
2: Yeah, and this poor girl that he This is what that's the worst part. Had, uh, raped or whatever it was, that's already going under the rug. Right. This that's the worst part.
0: This these this has been the now the number one headline about Antonio Brown and this girl that potentially got raped by Antonio Brown is kind of getting, not necessarily shoved to the side, but her story is getting a little bit smaller.
1: Mm-hmm. They met with her for 10 hours oh my gosh, yesterday. I don't, I don't
0: understand that. 10 hours. What I mean, I'll
2: tell you why it's going under the wraps. It's because he had a phenomenal game. <laughs> Nobody cares no more.
0: Yeah, and I always think it's funny that the NFL has their own investigators. It's like, had, do you think you're better than, like, Regular investigators are like it, if the FBI or whoever's involved says one thing and you're all like, oh, this what we found is this. Like, the, I don't think the that NFL, matters.
2: NFL in and of itself is uh, like a it's joke. like The CIA, it's a joke. It, they're they're like an undercover operation because they make because there's so much money in the NFL. That's all they do. Is. They do stuff like turn the lights out right before halftime yeah. in the Baltimore Super Bowl. It's a multi
0: billion dollar. You know, private organization.
2: Yeah, they do shady stuff to uh, make sure they're increase ratings. Yeah, that's all it is. Make sure they make more money. Yeah, I'm sure they were like Antonio. If you can go out there and you can like put up 180 yards and two touchdowns, we'll see what we can do. You yeah, know? It's
0: like, and that it's like they're like this doctor probably came to him last week about this farting issue, and they're like, let's so let him have this game first, and mm-hmm. then we'll drop it Monday morning. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at Antonio Brown. He had an exit. This just in, Antonio likes to flatulate on people. <laughs> like, golly, man. It's just it's just unbelievable. So, anyway. So, let's wrap this up. Um, any other comments about games coming up? Anything going on?
1: Anything like that? In the NFL? Yeah. Uh, Big game Sunday night.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game.
2: What game is that?
1: Bro, how do you not know? It's your team. Yes. It's my it's the Rams team. and Browns? It is.
2: Oh, sorry. Week 3. It yeah. is week 3. Yeah, Rams Browns
1: in the dog pound. Yep. Where Tennessee can go in and beat you 41 to 16.
2: <laughs> Apparently. Are you going to be home? <laughs> no. No.
1: Yeah, uh me and Josh are about to be gone for a week. So, uh,
0: Yeah, so we might want to might want uh, we'll talk about that
1: in the intro. We're going to we're going to have to uh, slack back on this heavy hitting schedule we've been out for That's the past true. three months. Yeah. And we might miss one next week. Uh,
0: we have clearly been going too much,
2: guys. Don't, Don't you worry, to- guys. I'm gonna not be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like how we just all. Like, <laughs> find all right, it's over. It's done. <laughs>